Hello, everybody. I'm Jennifer Grossman. I'm CEO of the Atlas Society. Welcome to the eighth edition of uh, Ask the Atlas Society. Um, it's a series that we've been doing where we talk with uh, different students and student groups and people that just have questions for the Atlas Society. And I'm so honored today to have uh, with me Paolo Contigio, who's the director, executive director of Livres, um, which is out of Rio de Janeiro, although he's in the countryside now. Um, uh, welcome, Paolo. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for inviting me over. Um, it's a pleasure to, to have this conversation with you and record. As you can see, I'm inside a shop, friend's shop in the countryside. So maybe people are going to pop by over here, but that's not going to uh, be in our way. Um, it's just a pleasure to be here and be able to have this chat with you. Well, great. I'm so excited. I'm very um, partial to Brazil, and I'm also very inspired by a lot of the, um, the progress and the attraction that groups like yours have gotten inside the country. So um, people watching, on, at least from the Atlas Society side, know who I am, would love to learn a little bit about you and uh, about your history with the organization you lead. That's great. Um, okay, I am... Brazilian, as you know, I've been uh, around the pro-liberty movement ever since 2005, maybe. Um, first at Instituto Millennium, then I have worked a lot trying to build more um, sort of entrepreneurial mindset in the Brazilian society. Uh, I have hosted a radio show on that for quite some years. Uh, and for the last two years, I have dedicated myself to run Livres. Um, we began as a sort of a startup political group inside a party, we left that, and we became sort of part of the civil society as an association of free people. Um, and we are dedicated to um, advancing freedom and, and um, pro-liberty ideas in Brazil. Um, we have over one, 3,000 people who are uh, associated to Livres now. Um, we do a lot of content, we do a lot of leadership training, and we do a lot of advocacy on um, public policy issues around the country um, ever since not, I mean, especially now in this sort of chaos we have um, been living for the last few months. Uh, our main goal has been to block um, bad, uh, I mean, poorly elaborated uh, laws. So there are quite some laws now that, that want to tax more corporations and tax more companies and then to um, freeze prices and things like that. Um, and that's, this has been one of our main goals, so just to block bad legislation. Right, I get it. So you're right now doing defense. Exactly. Uh, let's say we have to be like the, the big tough linebacker right now because uh, bad legislation should not pass. Okay. Well, I got it. That's really great. And um, I look forward to learning more about the organization and finding other ways to partner. But let's start out today. I understand you have a few questions. Okay, I'll, I'll start the questions on my on my um, take now. So the first thing is um, we have a big history of um, collectivistic ideas in Brazil, um, and some people are still sort of um, in the way. And 
why should people choose uh, individualism over collectivism uh, as sort of a mindset for the country? Um, that's a great question. So, you know, we were talking about my travels to Brazil and my love of the culture. And one of the things that I love about the Brazilian people and the culture is there's this um, almost kind of innocence, you know, this sort of um, like not childish, but more like childlike wonder and childlike um, orientation towards life, which is very charming. But of course, you know, if you don't want to be treated like a child, you know, you need to not act like a child, right? So if you are thinking, uh, oh, I want mama and papa in the government to take care of me, yeah, and give me things like as if I was an infant, then they're also gonna be the ones meeting out the punishment. And uh, hopefully at least when you are in a situation, in a familial situation, there are some bonds, you know, that, uh, that are natural bonds that people want to take care of their children, they want to take care of their parents. But, um, you know, when you're in government, it's totally irrational, okay? And fantasy thinking to be thinking, oh, you know, this, uh, this strong man or this, you know, socialist dictator, whatever, is going to, uh, to take care of you. People in Brazil know. And there is also, in addition to that beautiful wonder, you know, that I talked about, there's a lot of skepticism. There's a lot of mistrust, you know, there's a lot of fear. And I think that to an extent, you know, you can channel that uh, to be healthy in terms of being a little bit skeptical about people that are coming in and offering to do all of these things for you. You should ask what's in it for them and what's their benefit and, and not to just necessarily assume that somehow people, once they're in the government, are different, you know, creatures than the people that we see, you know, in our everyday lives. We want people to be benevolent, but I think it's just a disconnect when you're saying, all right, well, hey, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm taking precautions about my house. I'm taking precautions about my family. I'm putting some, you know, bars on the door and I'm, you know, protecting my family. But then you just let the government totally in, you know, to your life and you, you give all of the decisions over to them. You know, you just need to think, about um, being an individual means also uh, doing what's best for you, doing what's best for your family. And it also requires, unlike being a child or an animal, that you use your mind, right? Because it, these are things that are not um, just completely handed to you from the, the sky, you know? There are things that you have to create. Uh, and so in order to do that, you need to be able to use your own independent thinking. Now, uh, one of the questions that we pose ourselves a lot here is, um, and especially because of the history and political history of our countries, can we separate um, pro-liberty ideas? I mean, can you not be a pro-liberty person if you only advocate for free markets, uh, but not a free political society? So are, are these liberties um, interdependent. What's your view on that? Uh, you can't compartmentalize liberty, okay? It's like, you know, you can't separate freedom from, of speech, freedom of the press, 
freedom um, of religion, freedom from assembly, from the freedom to trade, the freedom to operate your business, the freedom to do what you uh, need to do and want to do with the smallest unit of production. You know, in socialism, they would say, well, that's just, you know, government means of production. Well, the basic, the basic unit, the basic means of production is the individual and what's inside your head. So, um, you know, to give an example, well, you're saying, oh, well, no, we want, uh, we want to have these other freedoms because they're nice freedoms, but, um, but we're going to socialize medicine and we're going to, uh, the, the government is going to come in and it's going to redistribute and be in charge of, you know, um, paying for um, healthcare. And in the United States, you know, we, we had the experience that, well, we, you put that into the government sphere uh and you made originally sort of an argument that this is going to be because of um you know economic and economic issue but then what you soon saw was that once you gave that um that authority over to the government you know there were other people that were saying well all right maybe i'm going to get some benefits but now the government is in charge of subsidizing the things that the government finds politically acceptable and that, you know, Catholics were having questions about, well, I don't want my tax dollars to subsidize, you know, abortion um, or, or what have you. And so that's where something which would you think of as like a, a religious issue um, then becomes intermingled with economic freedom because the government is taking on a larger sphere of control. That's, um, that's a great answer. Um, one of the, Ayn Rand is not as best known in Brazil as it is in the U.S., of course, um, but you know quite a well about Brazilian reality. So which uh, novel would you um, indicate that would sort of touch Brazilian's hearts? I mean, um, in our sort of office at Libres, we try to promote freedom 24-7 uh, in Brazil. And one of the things we try to do is use um, not only rational means, not only numbers and charts and graphs, but uh, rather to touch people in a deeper level. Um, so which of Ayn Rand's book would you, would you recommend to a Brazilian who's starting to um, study her? Uh, that's a great question. I, um, I would recommend, and, and that's the, what the Atlas Society is all about, that's in, in a large part what Ayn Rand was about, that she created these um, narratives and this fiction and this art, which also had uh, messages in it about the nature of reality, about the nature of man, about the nature of society, about the nature of art. Um, so though I would also kind of be realistic about the fact that people maybe are not, you know, have, having the same reading habits as, the, as they used to. So I would say maybe a good place to start would be with um, Anthem, uh, the graphic novel. And that's something if we, you know, would be happy to provide copies to, to, uh, to your organization in Brazil. Um, however, they're, they're in English uh, because it's, um, it's, it's science fiction, it's dystopian, it shows what happens on a fundamental level when language is controlled. 
uh, when culture is controlled and when envy, you know, and, uh, and, and brotherhood and, and all of these things are put on a higher level than the individual, what are the consequences? And um, I think it's really well suited for a young audience because it's a graphic novel, it's a comic book, and uh, people like that. It's also in a video format. Um, but I would also say, and I've listened uh, to it and read it in, in Portuguese as well, a long time ago, um, Our Volta de Atlas. Uh, and it's Ayn Rand's um, Atlas Shrugged in uh, Portuguese. That's her, her masterpiece. So, you know, to the extent that people do, uh, are readers, I would just kind of go for, go for broke and, and do the whole, the whole thing. That's a great point. Uh, and by the way, um, Atlas Shrugged first was translated in Brazil as Quem é John Gout, just as oh. it's written. And then the second version was uh, I Have Altered Atlas, um, but the first print was back, back in the 80s, I think. Uh, actually, one of the best translators in Brazil did it. Um, oh, it's quite, a, it's quite a well translated. Um, yeah, now, yeah. Um, one of the um, most important aspects, I think, of the sort of pro-liberty movement in the world is outreach and connection and exchange of ideas. And the thing I've heard that you guys are trying to act a little bit more on Latin America and, and reach to um, different audiences. Um, what are you guys planning? How can we help in, in your uh, sort of new endeavors? Uh, so what's the Atlas Society um, vision for Latin America in the short or middle term? Yeah, so it's evolving. We're definitely open to ideas and to partnerships. Uh, we just kind of accidentally went down that, that path because we translated um, one of our videos. My name is Chip Wilson. Chip Wilson is the founder of Lululemon, and he was the honoree at our gala last year. And we thought, well, you know, let's just translate it in Spanish, get a Spanish voiceover for it. And we just threw it out there and it just, um, with no targeting, you know, not for people that like Ayn Rand or people that like yoga or people that like anything. We just published it in, in Latin America where we could. And, um, and the views took off uh, faster and um, we got more engagement, very positive engagement than we, um, and we did with the English version. And so that kind of got me started down a path of thinking, well, maybe we could translate more of our content into Spanish. And so we're working with a, a group in Argentina now to translate um, five of the, our other Draw My Life videos. Um, my name is Envy, my name is Greed, my name is Victimhood, my name is Ayn Rand, my name is, um, is uh, Gratitude, uh, my name is Socialism into Spanish, we'd love to translate them into, um, into Portuguese. And so, you know, if there's a partner there, uh, that, would be, that would be great. Um, and then also we have started to um, translate some of our most popular content, our memes, into, uh, into Spanish. And so um, we, we, what we have to offer, you know, in addition to a highly engaged, the most engaged, uh, liberty space in the United States um, in terms of our engagement on Facebook we have we have great content so um, and a lot of it is universal a lot of it does have to do with the United States 
but um, but there there is also a lot of content there, you know, animated videos, graphic novels, um, that uh, and memes, social media memes that I think would be accessible. And you know, you talked about kind of being a niche, and that's sort of our niche. You know, we we uh, as um, Adam Smith talked about you know the wealth of nations. It was about uh, having a division of labor, you know, so we're a tiny team, you know, we're just like uh, seven people. You've got most of the team on this call. Um, and so, uh, so we're not able to do everything and we're thrilled to partner with other groups that are doing things that, you know, are, are beyond our purview and focus on doing what we do best, you know, which is coming up with creative content, finding ways that, um, connect not just with the mind, but with, you know, with the heart and the spirit of, uh, of, of young people today. So all of that can be followed on, um, on Facebook and you know, we're, we're evolving. We would be interested or um, open down the road to, uh, to having a separate channel or, um, but for right now, you know, kind of it's good to know what one can do at one time. Right now we're, translating some of our content into Spanish. And I, I'd just be over the moon to translate um, some of it into Portuguese as well. Oh, that's great. Um, plus it's one part of our um, work is focused on content. Definitely can partner up in there. Um, and now coming, I mean, towards the end of our um, chat, I was told that you not only are a sort of long time traveler to Brazil and back, but you also know um, very specifically a very typical Brazilian song. Um, and I would ask you to perform it to our audience. I'd, let, uh, I'd love to see you sing it uh, in Portuguese, of course. Okay, um, I'm going to do it. And I want to also let people know why I'm doing it. <laughs> it's, okay, it's, please. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I, when I first started studying uh, Portuguese, like 20 years ago, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago, um, I found music, you know, was a way that I could connect with it. So if I could just memorize songs, and then I could understand what the songs meant then I was um, able to better understand because that's kind of how I connect. And this song to me just has such a beautiful spirit. And I think one of the things that's really important now is to, um, to find ways to take care of our spirit, you know, because this is, a, this is kind of a, a long haul and this is a very difficult, very challenging situation. Uh, and being depressed and being, you know, uh, angry and, and being panicked is not going to help you. Like I always say, every bad situation can be made worse. So find ways to, to get your orientation emotionally so that you can do things um, that are going to make your situation better. And also just personally, I have a penchant for doing things that, you know, um, put me at the risk of making a fool of myself. And I think that is very important. It's a wonderful um, ability to have. And I think it's very aligned with, um, with objectivist uh, values of not just being like burdened by, by what, um, by what other, th other people think. Oh, people don't like it. People think it's silly. Okay, whatever. I don't care. 
Um, so, and, and having that mindset is providing one with the intellectual um, and spiritual space one needs to take risks and be willing to fail and, you know, just um, that's, that's, the way, that's the way you can be creative. People always say, well, why are you creative? And it's actually connected to something which sounds like a pretty nerdy uh, philosophy. So without further, further ado, I'm only going to do a little bit of it because I do love, <laughs> I, I do want to partner with uh, Brazil and I don't want to completely turn uh, the Brazilian off by butchering this song. So I'm going to start. You're going to recognize it. <laughs> Moro no país tropical, abençoado por Deus e permita por natureza que beleza em fevereiro. Tem carnaval, eu tenho fusca o violão, sou flamengo, tenho negras margarita. Okay, that's it. <laughs> that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Uh, Jorge Benjor, that's wonderful. Uh, oh, he actually lives so. in the U.S. now, if you don't know. Really? Um, yeah, in celebration uh, for the most of the time. Um, okay, I'm going to I'm going to uh, I'm going to research that, and I'm having a standing invitation to any other uh, Brazilian students that want um, a little laugh and a little bit of levity and uh, want the opportunity to see me do something really stupid, I will sing another song or I'll sing the rest of that song if, if I get invited back. <laughs> That's great. Jennifer, thank you. Thank you so much for the info, um, the open-hearted conversation, and especially thank you for the Brazilian song. Uh, I must say your Portuguese pronunciation is way better than I expected. Uh, it's, I mean, very, very good. Um, you should not be uh, at all uh, worried about what other people are going to say because uh, I mean you nail that thank you so much don't worry I'm not <laughs> but <laughs> thank you all right bye be safe bye. lovely meeting you